The Cardinals had multiple players agree to one-year deals before the arbitration deadline. We'll let you know who signed and who didn't and what the payroll sits at now. John Mosellock speaks on Saturday at the winter warm-up about the infamous payroll going up statement, why the team didn't spend as much as we thought they would, and what his confidence level is in Jack Flaherty for the season. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also, if you want, you can find us on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Uh, first and foremost, I do want to apologize to everyone. I know it's been a few days since uh, we've done a podcast. I've actually been under the weather a little bit, so just starting to feel a little bit better today. So I uh, thought we could uh, pump something out here for you guys uh, on this Sunday because um, a lot of stuff has happened the last couple of days. We knew coming into this offseason that the team had a slew of guys that were going to get bumps in pay because they were arbitration eligible. All right, so let's start there. On Friday, we got some answers to most of those salary questions. The number that stands out the most for the Cardinals was starting pitcher Jordan Montgomery who came to an agreement with the club on a one-year deal worth $10 million, which ties him with Wilson Contreras for the sixth highest salary on the 2023 payroll. That's not chump change. Uh, Arenado was making the most, just in case you were wondering, at $35 million, but only 13 of that is actually being paid by the Cardinals. Goldie is second at 26. Wainwright third at 18.5. Then it's Michaelis at 16.75. Matt's at 10.5. Then Contreras Montgomery. And then DeYoung at $9.166 million. So you look at those and you're like, the DeYoung one stands out to you. It's not such a, a great contract right now. But the other ones, um, you know, you got to pay for talent. Maybe some people might, you know, not like the Matt's contract, but it, he could still be worth it if he's healthy this year. That was kind of the problem with uh, Stephen Matt's in 2022. Uh, other notable agreements were with Tyler O'Neill, who, according to the Post-Dispatch's Derek Gould, avoided arbitration one year after going to a hearing with the Cardinals and acknowledging that the process was stressful and weighed on him away from the ballpark. The two-time Gold Glove winner ends up finalizing a deal for $4.95 million. Uh, Jack Flaherty and the club agreed to a $5.4 million salary, which will be his last year before he becomes a free agent at the age of 27. Uh, Tommy, <coughs> excuse me. Tommy Edmond got a uh, well-deserved bump in pay, like a real big bump in pay. He's up to $4.2 million after making just under seven hundred and twenty-three grand last year. Uh, yeah, he, he, was, uh, he was nice to have at that number, but you knew eventually you'd have to pay for Tommy Edmond. He's, he's a really good ball player. Uh, pitcher Jordan Hicks, who also can be a free agent at season's end, finalizes a $1.8 million deal. Dakota Hudson signs for two point six five, and backup catcher Andrew Kisner for $1.1 million. Now, the two notable omissions from this list that were arbitration eligible this year are closer Ryan Helsley and relief pitcher Henesis Cabrera. Now, neither of them were able to come to an agreement before the deadline, which means 
the salary request by the players and then the salary offers from the team will be reviewed uh, during a hearing and an arbitrator will choose one of those figures based on the arguments presented. Um, Mark Feinsand at MLB.com said that Helsley filed for $3 million, which doesn't seem like a lot. And the Cardinals filed at $2.15 million. So they're going to go to arbitration over $850,000. That That's the difference if the report is correct in between the two figures for your closer who went nine and one with 19 saves, a 0.74 whip and what averaged like over 13 strikeouts a game, like per nine. You know what I mean? Uh, he was unbelievable. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Why are we squabbling over that amount of money for Ryan Helsley? Like, why are the Cardinals splitting hairs over one of the most important guys, if not the most important guy in your bullpen? I, I don't understand that. Um, if Helsley had asked for, you know, like $7 million, I can understand why you'd be like, well, hold on a second. I, I don't really, you know, I don't really think that's the right number, but come on, man, $3 million. That just looks and feels cheap in my eyes. It makes the, the Cardinals organization just look a little cheap. If you don't agree with me, let me know in the comments, but I don't know. I just didn't understand that one at all. Now, according to Gould's report at SELtoday.com, the $30.1 million in salaries guaranteed by the deals on Friday gives more clarity to the Cardinals opening day 26-man payroll for 2023. Now, if you remember, and I'm sure you do, President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak pledged that payroll would go up. Thanks to the ticket sales from this past year, mostly to do with, you know, getting to see Albert go to 700 and, you know, Molina's last year. Maybe it was Wainwright's last year, but a lot of people came out so they could say goodbye to those guys and, of course, watch Pujols. And the team is also another year removed from all the COVID stuff, which messed up a lot of teams financially, which is understandable. Now, according to Gould, the Cardinals had a 2022 opening day, 26-man roster payroll of around $154 million. With some salaries yet to be decided, an estimate based on post-dispatch reporting puts the Cardinals approaching $174 million for opening day 2023. Gould went on to say that the agreements on Friday do not preclude the Cardinals from continuing talks with any of the players about multi-year extensions. The Cardinals plan to have discussions with at least two starters this spring about longer-term deals. Now, we've kind of speculated on who those guys might be. Uh, we assume they're talking about Jordan Montgomery and Miles Michaelis, but we don't really know. Um, I went over to Spot Track, which is the website that I go to for pretty much every salary and payroll question I ever had. They, they seem to be pretty darn reliable. And they've got the Cardinals active payroll following yesterday, um, Friday signings, I should say, at $144.6 million and projected at 153.6. But they also have a number with uh, the projected total with tax allocations. That number is at 178.5. Now, either way, what I take from all of this is that John Mosellock made a mistake. He made a mistake by uttering the words that payroll will go up. Shouldn't have done that. You know, in hindsight, he shouldn't have done that because it gave a lot of us the idea that he meant that they'd go out and spend a lot more money for players. And that just really hasn't happened. And perhaps that's our own, our own fault to an extent. I mean, I, I, I somewhat blame myself because I got excited when I heard those words. I was like, ooh. I mean, I remember that day. I remember the day it happened, and I was like, immediately my, my mind starts to wander and think about, oh, what if they go to, say, $200 million? That gives us a lot of room to play with. Imagine the possibilities, right? Um, 
I was putting together scenarios where the team could get Contreras and Trey Turner or a Turner and Carlos Rodon plus trade for Sean Murphy and, you know, really change the complexion of this team to keep up with what other teams were doing. And a lot of fans, I'll be honest, a lot of fans kept warning me. They're like, they're not going to do all of that. Don't get your hopes up. Mo will never spend that. Mo is cheap. The Cardinals are cheap. And to you, I say, you're right. You were right. It didn't happen. It didn't happen the way we thought it was going to. Now, Mo did answer some questions on Saturday at the winter warm-up uh, about the payroll, about saying that the payroll would go up. Um, he also talked about what he's looking forward to this season, and I'm going to share with you uh, some of his thoughts from the uh, winter warm-up uh, interview, his uh, media session that he did on Saturday. We'll do that next on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories because it's not good for you, right? Why would you want that? Then you got to try Built Bar. You got to go get yourself a Built Bar. Uh, we just got through the holidays, and I know that my goal and many of your goals is probably to eat a little bit healthier this year. And with Built, healthy is actually tasty. That's the great part about it. They're so delicious, you won't even know that they're actually good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolutions. Uh, and the thing that makes built so good you know and, and the reason why we've had this relationship with them so long is first and foremost they, they they're like a candy bar that's what you think it is when you when you bite into one of the built bars because they're covered in 100 real chocolate which is fantastic you know that's what we look for and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors you know they it's not just this nasty gross stuff that some of these protein bars and stuff uh put out there no you got things like churro and peanut butter brownie and coconut almond only 130 calories that's fantastic four grams of sugar so the sugar is low but you get the protein you want 17 grams of protein and for years we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com which you can still do that's not a problem but now you can get them at your local walmart or sam's club as well Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream. You got double chocolate. You've got coconut puffs. All of them fantastic. If you're close to a Sam's Club instead, run on in. Grab yourself a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. For updates on information and flavors, be sure to visit Built.com. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked on MLB Prospects as well. Our buddy, host Lindsey Crosby, is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB Stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So the Cardinals winter warm-up began on Saturday. And it's going to continue through Sunday and Monday at Bush Stadium and Ballpark Village. And if you get a chance to get over there, you should do it. They haven't been able to do it in a couple of years. They finally got it back, and it's a cool event. I've been down there a couple of times. Uh, if you are there this weekend, uh, be sure to uh, you know take some photos, send some videos in. Uh, you can share them with us at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter or at me, uh, with me at JD Sports Radio. I'll uh, be happy to retweet some of the cooler ones that we see. Um, but Saturday morning, John Mosellock addressed the media for the first time in 2023. And here are some of the things that he said, and this is all courtesy. I wasn't there, okay? But courtesy of all the reporters over at stltoday.com, Katie Wu from The Athletic. Uh, they're covering the event the whole uh, the whole weekend long, so I would give them a follow if you uh, have a chance to do that. Uh, but here are some of the quotes I've compiled from most time on the microphone. Uh, we're going to start with this payroll stuff, which is uh, the thing that most people are upset about. Um, our payroll is going up. That's what John Mosellock said, and 
those magic words still hover over us right now. Like, okay, cool. What are you going to spend it on? Like, where's it? Where's it going? When are we going to see this? And the only significant signing we saw was Wilson Contreras, right? Uh, which is a great signing. Nothing wrong with the Wilson Contreras signing. We all liked it, but I think about a lot of us expected more. I know I did. I thought there was going to be a lot more. So uh, Mo mentioned cards. Hope to add left-handed a uh, left-handed hitter this offseason when he got on the microphone, but said the options that uh, were available. He didn't like didn't like the opportunity in St. Louis. So. He prefers the internal left-handed hitters that they have in the organization compared to the remaining uh, free agent options out there. Now, this is an aspect that many of us take for granted, that we think everybody who's out there that's a free agent wants to come to St. Louis and play baseball, right? Why wouldn't they? It's baseball heaven, so we so we call it. And that's really just not the case. You know, some guys, they, they don't want to live in the Midwest, and that's fine. Um, you remember... Giancarlo Stanton, this was the infamous one that I remember where the Cardinals had uh, gotten a trade, agreed to a trade with the with the Marlins at the time to bring him in. And he said, no, he goes, I don't want to play in St. Louis. I want to go to New York. And so he didn't come to St. Louis. Um, you also got to realize that the Cardinals, they don't have a lot of spots open. And we've discussed this with all the talent that they have, young, you know, the young talent that's in the organization already. There weren't going to be a lot of spots for a veteran if they were to sign one to bring him in and guarantee that they would get the playing time they wanted. So um, whoever, if they were going to sign one of the left-handed hitters, was going to be, uh, they were like, well, you're going to be a bench guy. I mean, we can't give you a chance. You know, you're not going to get a, you're not going to start over, you know, Goldschmidt or something like that at first base. Um, so you'd be a bench role player. And most players want at least an opportunity to be a starter. You know, if they're going to sign a contract, they don't want to be relegated to the bench right away. They want a chance to show off their talents and be a starter. So um, that's something that's not available in St. Louis right now. There, there's just not a lot of spots available on the roster. So you can understand why some of the guys that were available, even if the, the Cardinals reached out to them, were like, nah, you know, I can do this over here instead and make this amount of money. And it wasn't a good fit. Uh, on spending more money, Mosellock said, we could have spent more, but we're not going to spend just to spend. My guess is by the season's end, it'll probably be spent. Now, this also goes along with the things I've said before, that you can go spend money on guys, but if they're not a good fit and they don't improve you all that much, really, what's the point? You know, um, you're not going to drop $10 million a year on a dude just because that's what his market value is, even though you think he's not worth that. OK, that's not that's not how this works. There are teams that will spend a little more freely. You know, guys like the Mets, you know, are willing to go out and overpay for certain players where the Cardinals. They don't do that. You know, they're actually smart with their money where a lot of other teams. And I don't want to just call out the Mets, but teams in bigger markets that have unlimited payroll, if you will, that aren't playing, you know, with a limitation on what they can spend each year. Um, they, they don't care. You know, if somebody wants three years at 20 million, they're willing to give them three years at 25 million. If, if that's what it takes to sign them where the Cardinals just, they, they don't do business that way, you know? And, um, it continues to fit kind of like, you know, what, what I, I thought the process moving forward was going to be after all of the big free agent signings happened, I, I started to look at it and go, you know what? They're not, they're not going to do much here. I don't think there are guys that maybe they'll take a look at, but, there's really not a, a need to go out and just make a trade to make a trade. You know, um, you don't want to burn through your prospects just to get 
a pretty good player. You know, you want to get a top of the line type of guy if you're going to do that. So it looks like they're going to hang on to their assets and use them towards an impact play uh, player later on. You know, maybe something else happens as they move on through the season. You know, I'm not saying it has to wait until the trade deadline, but a lot of stuff doesn't go down till then. So, um, if an opportunity presents itself, and I repeat, if an opportunity re- presents itself, that's something the Cardinals will probably look at. But as of right now, I kind of feel like this is the team that we've got moving forward. Um, it's not an aggressive way of thinking by any means, but that's how the Cardinals are. They've always been conservative, and I don't have a problem with that. If if that's, you know, if, if what's left on the market right now doesn't appeal to you and isn't much of an upgrade to what you have already, then there's no need to sign somebody. You know, there's no need to burn money to burn prospects on any of these people. Okay. So the roster, the way it is right now, I think is what you're going to see moving forward towards spring training. Um, I just, I, there's not a lot much out there, you know, maybe something in the bullpen could be something they look at, but that's about it. Um, Mo addressed this a lot of said this, a lot of people had us connected to the shortstop and starting pitching market. And candidly, we weren't all that active in those markets. And, you know, that kind of stinks to hear, but you did see the price of business for the shortstops, right? I mean, it was pretty wild. Okay. And I could be wrong, but I don't think the Cardinals thought that the prices would be that high. And when they started to skyrocket, they were like, screw this. You know, we've already got a Tommy Edmond pretty freaking good. Um, really no need to spend $300 million. And when it came to the starter market, they weren't going after DeGrom or Verlander. So uh, Rodon was really the only big starter that was left, and he wanted to be a Yankee. So that's that. So what does Mo think the keys to next season are? He's got an interesting answer. We're going to talk about that next on Locked on Cardinals. Stay with us. So after the Cardinals, who I presume got outpriced by a lot of people, for anybody they may have been interested in in free agency, they had to look around at the group of guys they already have and kind of decide whether or not that's going to be enough to begin this year. All right. Because I, I think they're not thinking about the playoffs yet. All right. They're thinking about what's right in front of them. Spring training, April, May. What can get us to June? Is this team that we put together already? Is that enough? And when asked about the team, this is how Mo responded. The key for the St. Louis Cardinals, as you think about 2023, is really going to be, who are we? And what I mean by that is, what is Tyler O'Neill? What is Dylan Carlson? What are we going to get out of Jack Flaherty? And if these guys perform to the expectations that we believe they're capable of, we think we're going to be a very talented, competitive, and compelling team to watch. These are the bets we have made, but we're certainly excited about the group we have. He spoke specifically about Tyler O'Neill, who just had his first child, by the way. Congratulations, Tyler. So can you imagine Tyler O'Neill with dad strength on top of the already bro Neal strength that he has? That could be scarier this year. Uh, so here's what Mosaic said about Tyler. Going into the year, expectations are high, but the key is obviously being healthy. When you're looking at it from just a pure productivity standpoint, it's power. It's being able to hit doubles and it's trying to mitigate your strikeouts. Then when the conversation switched over to pitching, he talked about Jack Flaherty. Mosaic says, my confidence in Jack is probably at an all-time high. I think he's had a really good offseason. His preparation has been very strategic. He is, I think, in a really good spot. I think he understands the importance of this year. Obviously, we all saw a glimpse of what he was capable of doing in 2019, and it was really good. I think the key for him is to be healthy, 
Having his preparation and the ability to repeat that is obviously important, but I'm really excited about what we're seeing with him. So my take from all of this, Mo isn't saying anything that we all didn't know already, right? And that's that on paper, on paper, when this team is playing at the level that you think that they're going to produce at, pretty darn good team, right? Like, it's pretty solid um, when healthy. that That's the key here, you know? Uh, when healthy, this team should be pretty good. It's got depth when healthy and should be the favorite to win the NL Central. Now, you might see him, like I said, add someone before spring training. We've discussed some of the relief pitching that's still available, like guys like Andrew Chafin, Matt Moore. I don't see why you're not trying to sign these guys. I don't see anybody in the bullpen that's throwing from the left-hand side that you've got to, that you're like, he's got that role no matter what. Like Henesis Cabrera, you saw what happened last year. And I like Henesis Cabrera's, you know, repertoire. And if he can figure it all out and kind of be that guy he was in the first half of the season last year, then that's fantastic. But I don't see why you don't grab one of these guys, Andrew Chapin and Matt Moore. Now that the arbitration stuff is, uh, pretty much complete maybe they'll look into that a little bit closer but um if the team has the ability to add another piece to the C- to the team to make a push towards a championship um it looks like mo will we'll check it out you know he's not above looking into something like that i just don't think he likes the options that are out there right now so talking about free agents and whatnot i don't know maybe we're wasting our breath because It doesn't sound like they're going to make any major moves anytime soon. But I've been wrong before. I said those things before. Nolan Arenado got traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. So we'll see what happens. Um, We'll have to wait and see. But um, I just hope they add a couple more pieces. Again, I love those left-handed pitchers. Um, One of the outfielders I liked, Andrew McCutcheons, going back to the Pirates. Uh, Brandon Belt ended up signing, what, Toronto. So some of the guys that I did mention, they're getting plucked. And there's not going to be a lot left. So... Any of you guys still sitting out there, probably not going to add all that much to this team anyway. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and it's available wherever you get podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Once again, I apologize for the way I sound, the illness. It has uh, not been a, a fun last couple of days, but I appreciate all of your guys' patience. Hopefully, I'll feel better in the next couple of days, and uh, you know we can pump out some more episodes of Locked On Cardinals. You're the best fa- ba- fans in baseball for a reason. Wait, I got like I got like druggy head going on right now. I'm on so much uh, Dayquil and stuff at the moment, but you're the best fans of baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. <laughs> 